Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. It's a dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And hey, today, middle of the week, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Attorneys! Sometimes they have a head of a cat. Sometimes they're arguing poorly in the Senate. Attorneys, attorneys everywhere. So I keep hearing or seeing references to this, and I haven't taken the time to figure out what they're referring to. What's the story on that? I texted you the link. I know you did. You texted me the link, but <laughs> I never looked into it. He's a busy man, youngster. I haven't looked into it. On a Zoom court hearing, you got your judge, you got your lawyer, you got your second lawyer, and the second lawyer... He had a filter on, a playful filter on his Zoom or Teams or whatever it was, his camera, that made him look like he had the head of a cat. And when he would talk, his little cat mouth would move. So he did it on purpose. He, wasn't, no, he didn't get no, Zoom bombed. No, he's an old guy, and he didn't know what he's doing. Oh, he, it was okay. And so the... the and we'll play you the audio, but the judge says, um, I believe you have a, a filter on your camera. If you could turn that off, that would be great. So it wasn't. Uh, a, I'm trying, okay. Your Honor. <laughs> so it wasn't a smart Alec lawyer doing it on purpose. It was no. an old person who accidentally did it, and he couldn't figure okay. out how to turn it. Uh, yeah, go ahead. He kept referring to himself as firefighter. 20- oh no, that's the wrong one. Uh, this one. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Meow. You might want to. Uh, take, take we're a trying look. to. We're tr- can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the- it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but. Oh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's I'm here live. I'm not a cat. I can see that. <laughs> wow. But he is a cat. He, there's a cat in the court. The fact it's that it, a court cat. <laughs> the fact that his voice kind of sounds like an animated cat. <laughs> that right. doesn't hurt the yeah, effect. That's yeah. a very good point. <laughs> he sounds like... If a cat was a lawyer. Hi, uh, I object. Uh, Your Honor, I'd like to argue that the mouse wanted to be eaten. (laughs) It's the natural order of things. (laughs) And his little cat mouth is moving. (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. God, my kids do those various filters where they make a face or whatever, and then they'll they'll, they'll text me or call me or whatever. It's amazing the technology because it reads the facial expressions and like their eye, the eyebrows raise when their eyebrows raise. Right. And so they'll like be it. like a dog with the ears and the nose uh-huh. and the muzzle. Delaney does that occasionally. It freaks me out. But I can fully tell like it's Henry because it has Henry's facial expressions. It's yes. Weird. Yeah, I know it. I know it. The whole deep fake thing. It's quickly. I'm. I'm. I won't be laughing about cat lawyers anymore when you know it turns insidious. Right. So that lawyer could uh, stand in for the lawyer Trump hired to open the impeachment yesterday and do as good a job. Yeah, maybe try a cat this time. Oof. I happen to be driving around. I listened to loads of it. I was picking my wife up at the airport, and uh, holy cow, the contrast between the preparation, the skill... The pace, everything was just, uh, Trump's guys just dropped the ball. Well, I had read that it was on purpose, the pace and everything. They thought, uh, Democrats came in hot with the video and the music and this and that and everything like that. And they were going to, like, take it way down, like, take all the energy out of the room. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, so that's one strategy. But the incoherent rambling obviously was not a strategy. And I, 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 I so I, I was following on Twitter uh, without actually listening to the arguments and seeing the Trump lawyers get beat up. And I thought, okay, this is typical of liberal media bias. I mean, sure, they, yeah. they always do that. Always. No matter what. The, uh, you know, the Democrats were awesome and brilliant and everything the way the Democrats are, and the Republicans were dopes. And I thought, okay, whatever. I'll watch for myself. I watch for myself. Okay, this guy's a little, a little slow paced, a little rambly, but I think I see where he's going. Oh, no, no, he took a turn. Now he's talking about his childhood. Okay, I think I know where he's going. No, no, now he's talking about the history of the Senate. I think, okay, he's going to draw it all together. No, no, he's back to his childhood. Uh, now we're in Greece. <laughs> Just rambling. He was clearly winging it. Clearly wing it why would you be winging it in the opening statement of an impeachment trial did we hear that they switched strategy yeah. at the last second or something for, like that? for some reason they thought the democrats did such a good job uh in a in a way that they didn't anticipate they switched up the order so this was not the guy that was supposed to lead okay um but still i mean I, i'm pretty sure i could do a better job than that because uh. he wasn't arguing the law um, which you don't have to. I was following Tim, the lawyers, uh, and he was really angry the guy was not making any legal arguments. You don't have to. It's a political thing. Right. You just have to sway people's moods. Exactly. Um, it's just votes. But he didn't do that either. I mean, it didn't make any sense. It was terrible extemporaneous speaking. It was just terrible. Yeah. It was, it was wild. It was almost like a um, a comedy bit, a really dry, avant-garde comedy bit. Well, yeah, I was going to say, it is Andy Kaufman-esque. I mean, it was, you've got to be in the avant-garde. Because he'd start down a trail and then switch gears, and you'd think, what was that all about? Right. What the hell were you talking about there? Yeah. And, and there's a bunch of quotes from Lindsey Graham, uh, uh, Alan Dershowitz, all kinds of people who are on Trump's side saying, I thought I was following him, but I wasn't, or I have no idea what he was talking about. Yeah. It was wild. Um, it's it's not really the sort of thing that lends itself very well to us playing clips. You kind of need to take it in in its totality to really get the gist of the dry, rambling, everything he says is a cul-de-sac. Right. Well, and, and listen, I know a lot of you, we have a lot of new listeners all over the country, and we appreciate that very much. But I know you expect all my side, my side, my side. You know, the other side sucks. The other side sucks all the time. It's not what we do around here. I will tell you, as a guy who is really interested in the arguments of whether it's constitutional to impeach a guy who's no longer, in, well, to try a guy who's no longer in office. He was impeached while he was in office. But I was really interested in that question. Sure. And I found the Democrats' argument really compelling because someday there will be a liberal piece of garbage who tries to subvert the Constitution in his last month in office, and I want to be able to bar him from office. Okay? That's not that hard to understand, emailers. Anyway, um, so I really wanted to hear the president's team mount the counter-argument so I could weigh how strong my opinion ought to be. And I got nothing. Nothing. I went to the buffet table. <laughs> nothing. It wasn't, wasn't even like romaine lettuce there. <laughs> Never mind the crab legs on the sign. There was nothing. Nothing but croutons and Thousand Island dressing. <laughs> I ain't eating the croutons, but they were soggy. <laughs> soggy croutons. That's wild. We've talked about this a lot. That's how... my vaudeville name. Ooh. <laughs> we talked about this a lot, how when you're a kid especially, and even when you're a young adult, you, you look at the, 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 the successful part of the world, like people who own homes and have cars and jobs and stuff like that. You think, well, they're, they're super competent. I hope I can get to there. There's a lot of people. 
running around wherever you work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> are all over the place. Oh, yeah. That are full-on adults and pretty far up in careers who are not competent. No, no. They just haven't found anybody better yet. <laughs> that was absolutely hilarious. At one point, he says, as an aside, and I thought, what were those other things? <laughs> this yeah. is an aside? What were those? Yeah. As if you didn't hear it, the long and short of it was senators are such special people. It's a very special body, and you're just wonderful. Patriots. Oh, my gosh, I'm impressed. It's just odd. When he went to Greece, as Sean mentioned, I thought, okay, here we go. Now we're going to talk about democracy and the importance yes. of... Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. When I was a kid, I'd listen to records. We all remember what records are, don't we? The great Everett Dirksen. What? Senator from Illinois. He had a low, gravelly voice. Very dignified. Very dignified. He was a great senator. And what? <laughs> it was strange. It was... Anyway, only one uh, Republican senator changed his vote on the question of is it constitutional to try a guy who's no longer in office, uh, Cassidy of Louisiana. So, but it, they but got did, six dem, uh, Republicans. But he did it based on that performance. He yes. said, "Look, the other side was prepared and laid out an argument. Trump's side did not mm-hmm. at all." Anyway, um, the net result I think is still going to be the same. So. Uh, they won't get 17, and he won't be convicted, and then we'll move on with our lives. Uh, it's teamwork that makes the dream work. Let's introduce everybody in the squad. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. You know, if I'm that judge, when we go to recess, I look at the lawyer and say, well, there's time now for you to use the litter box. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe have, like, little cat toys with the, you know, the little <laughs> balls yeah, with the bells, and you shake them. Or oh, you yeah. dangle a little piece of yarn in front of the camera. <laughs> You have to. You got a cat lawyer you a in your courtroom. Uh, my colleague just coughed up a furball of nonsense. There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing quite well. Uh, I, I've I've taken a an intentional break from talking about how great my air fryer is because you know people don't yeah. generally want to hear about that all the time. <laughs> But I just want to say, because I did this again yesterday, uh, just for the simple fact of I've never had reheated pizza taste better, it's worth it. Yeah. That's all I got. I might might buy one just because of that. This is microwave and it doesn't work. No, it turns all floppy and yeah, it's not the same. I've gone to, before this, I was reheating pizza stovetop style. I would put it in a pan on a stove because it's better than the microwave. But this is easier and quicker. Yeah, yeah. I'm done. I'm done. Air fryers are great. That's it. No <laughs> I'm, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, February 10th, the year 2021. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's leap into action officially now. The show begins according to FCC rules and regulations at Mark. But I want to turn our mind to the Constitution, which was you know, written in 1787, ratified a year later, and it's been in operation since 1789. Do you think the framers ever thought that their words would be juxtaposed with live video. <laughs> Was that another cat lawyer? What kind of a question is that? Uh, no, I don't think they probably no, did. No. They no. were smart. <laughs> they, they, they thought about a lot of stuff in the future. Yes. Live video. Not one of them. <laughs> I remember Thomas Paine briefly discussed juxtaposing his words with an audio recording, but never video. <laughs> That's pretty funny. 
Um, <laughs> how does a mail bag Who look? was that, by the way? Uh, that was from the Washington Post uh, impeachment live stream that they, the, the anchorette that they threw to during one of the 10 minute recesses. And I she see. was clearly okay. just padding until they, they came back in All session. Right, very good. What? what? How's mailbag? Yeah. Very good. We have a number of very knowledgeable, intelligent listeners taking on the question of the $15 minimum wage. Oh, cool. That's a good Special one. themed mailbag. And is there some school news, some big school news, some that are opening, some districts that are getting even crazier? Uh, all that stuff on the way. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Well, they've renamed Aunt Jemima's Syrup. Hit you with that breaking news. Um, Finally. One of the biggest companies in one of the biggest cities in America says employees are not coming back. Um, it's a uh, not working a remotely thing, not a layoff thing, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Which will change the dynamics of cities, man. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. The tentacles. The ripples from this, just beyond Rippling imagination. tentacles. <laughs> beyond imagination, really. A good prog rock band. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A thousand effects, ripples, tentacles. Um, you know, many of which I, I can't even anticipate. No. If you're maybe a, a professional civic planner, you might be able to sit around, smoke a little pot, and noodle around uh, on the question for days and come up with, uh, you know, hundreds of different changes to society. <laughs> the number of miles driven in the country could drop 70% or something. The very existence of cities is predicated on the fact that you have to be face-to-face with people to do most commerce. Right. Um, so, mailbag. You know what we could do? Tomorrow's mailbag could be on the topic of what permanent changes do you anticipate thanks to the COVID uh, pandemic? Huh. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. First, your freedom-loving quote of the day about the Constitution comes from the great Henry Clay. He was wrong about a lot of things, but he was an interesting guy, 1800s politician. The great compromiser, I think they called him, or something like that. Anyway, the Constitution of the United States was made not merely for the generation that then existed, but for posterity, unlimited, undefined, endless, perpetual posterity. So don't give me none of that. we got to change it, crap. (laughs) All right. Uh, you know, this is really good, but it's uh, we'll do it later. So on the topic of the minimum wage, man, we got a lot of emails from smart people on that. The $15 federally mandated minimum wage all across the country, no matter where you are, no matter the cost of living, no matter how much skill you bring to the job. Which was part of the package. Then Biden said on Sunday before the Super Bowl, it was out of the package. Now, yesterday, it's back into the package. Right. Okay. Uh, our good old uh, buddy Kemper makes the point that Thomas Sowell and Milton Friedman made uh, this point irrefutable. There's no government agency that can come up with a better wage rate for workers at any level than the market. The folks who seek work or seek workers in their particular situations and locations, supply and demand will arrive at the fairest rates without help or interference from legislators 2,000 miles away, few of whom have ever had real jobs or any employees. Uh, that's an excellent point. Yeah, and uh, he actually goes into some detail as yeah, is, is his uh, habit. Not only does it vary from state to state, city to city, d- two restaurants across from each other in the same town 
don't need to pay the same wage because nope. they have different expertise expectations of how good you need to be. Right. This is a fancy restaurant. This is a greasy spoon diner. Mm-hmm. Yep, indeed. Uh, Joe in San Francisco, always interesting. I think that the discussion of how the minimum wage affects jobs is lost on a huge number of people because they never learned basic uh, business economics. The first thing they have to understand is the cost of doing business, how rent, the cost of a product being sold, insurance premiums, heat, electricity, etc., and labor affect the viability of a business. If all such things are added up, you can get the concept that a business must earn a certain number of dollars each week just to break even. And then he goes into a, uh, a fairly long explanation of a burger joint selling a certain number of burgers. It's actually very good. Maybe we'll we'll go into more how detail many, later. How many friggin' burger joints, especially in the Southwest, have illegals working in the kitchen? Lots can, of them. How can you be for a higher minimum wage and be okay with illegal immigration? Because what would the wage be at that hotel or that restaurant if you didn't have all this illegal immigration? Mm-hmm. What would they be paying to get Americans to work Substantially there? higher. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. And it might change the business, but that would be the free market at work. Uh, Brian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi writes, living in Mississippi for 52 of my nearly 54 years, I can confirm the veracity of what Joe said about a $15 minimum wage, what it would do to the economy. Devastating doesn't begin to cover it. I guarantee a minimum of 75% of small businesses would shudder if this is implemented. We're a poor state already because of the way D.C. is going. Uh, I'd love to be able to secede. <laughs> well, it was tried once, Brian. It, it went poorly. <laughs> but thank you very much for the note. Good stuff. Uh, we'll catch you up on a bunch of other stuff. Somebody called Ted Cruz a vampire? What? What's that? well, that's an accusation. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. That means uh, some teaching in classrooms. So at least one day a week, hopefully it's more. And obviously it is as much as is safe in each school and local district. Well, that's a bit of a walk back from the White House. Joe Biden had uh, come into office saying schools would be open in 100 days. Now they're saying our goal is to have half the schools open by March at least one day a week. (laughs) <laughs> by March? And only half the school. So half the school's not open. Half the, In March, we're getting very close to the end of the school year here. We're halfway, yeah. through, we're halfway through this half of the school year. Right. right. That whole um, first 100 days thing, by the way, that's May 9th. So on May 9th, if schools are safe now, according to everyone. But by May 9th, they want kids in school one day a week or something? Whatever. Our goal is to have half of schools open at least one day a week. That is an obscenity against the children. Well, that is just... That is... They are beating children. They are sexually assaulting children. They, how how can I, we get you to understand how evil this is? That's so you can just uh, claim that the schools are open. Oh, yeah. And people oh. can't keep saying they're closed. Half of schools plus one open one day a week for some kids. Obviously, that would be... I'm guessing, because we did distance learning last year... I'm guessing that would be more difficult for most people than if they're just closed five days a week with the running around and trying to figure out your schedule and everything. Oh, yeah. Working parents, single parents, whatever. This is an assault on so many people. But, you know, the Democrats own the media. 
So the messaging is by although it's it's starting to erode. I was going to say the messaging is yeah we have to wait till uh, it's safe. But more and more liberal journalists are starting to call out the teachers unions. And I hope Mr. and Mrs. America finally realize how badly they're getting screwed by this. Well, the polling is is uh, not what I would like it to be. Looking at the YouGov poll. Should, and this is from last week, this is pretty recent, schools should be completely reopened is only 26% total. Schools should be partially reopened is 29%. So if you add those two together, you get over half. Right. But uh, I don't know, I don't know, I'd like to know how many people have any interaction with this. Like if you don't have kids and you, you know, what your thoughts of, if if I didn't have kids, I would think, well, distance learning is probably Pretty good. It's probably about I've almost been doing as good. Zoom meetings myself. Yeah, but yeah. it's almost as good. That's Wrong. what I would think. Wrong. Um, it's a disaster. It's almost worthless. It's very close to worthless. Well, and they were hammering on all the channels today. The twenty-five percent loss in reading skills among the kids, thirty-three percent in math. It's devastating. Uh, Meanwhile, private schools, charter schools, are running full speed ahead. Every day, and everybody's fine. So you're, you're going to have the, the huge disparities in where kids are in terms of, of learning. Huge difference in the way you look at it based on your party affiliation. Uh, should schools be completely reopened? 55% of Republicans say yes. 6% of Democrats. That, that is just idiotic. People are stupid. I don't like humanity. I'd like to apply to be a different species. Can I become a dolphin or a chimp or or a cat? I don't know. Maybe a cat, a cat lawyer. You'll go to cat law school. (laughs) This is how Joe becomes a furry. (laughs) How did you become a furry? Well, that was a long, strange Well, I was really crazy angry about the schools being closed, and I did. Well, I... Yeah. So Chicago schools say they're going to open now in March. I don't know why it takes so long to get open. Since, uh, as we heard from Dr. Gottlieb the other day, if you have the desks far apart and they're wearing masks, you're okay. You don't need to rework the ventilation system and do all these crazy things that Joe Biden's talking about. But they're going to open in March. But I haven't heard all the the, the details of what, what they gave them. Right. So I'll have to look into that. Well, oh, my God. We haven't even touched on the billions and billions of dollars given to the schools. Already. To do the very basic things that hardly cost a buck and a half per kid. And then the billions more they're pouring into the schools for nothing. And so that's going to change nothing. So why would the schools be open then? Well, it's because the unions demanded billions of dollars and got it. It's unfriggin' believable. So meanwhile, in a different school district, the San Francisco School District, which is getting so much attention lately because they, uh, they're they going to take Lincoln and Washington and uh, Feinstein off the names of their schools, uh, had another school board meeting last night. So remember, it was last month that they argued for two hours whether or not I almost said George Jefferson's name. <laughs> Whether or not Thomas Jefferson. Moving on up, moving on up. I'm not sure. I like George Jefferson, but I'm not sure his name should be on a high school. Probably not. Fictional character for one. <laughs> well, we're moving on up. He did come from a hard scrabble background and ended up with a, a, a chain of dry cleaners. So. Right. So a hardworking black small businessman, real role model. Anyway. I've changed my mind. Name a school after him. <laughs> 
So last month, they argued for two hours about taking names off of schools, never even got to reopening their schools. Right. And so even the San Francisco Chronicle said, you're not even in the business of teaching, so why are you arguing about this? You're a board, perhaps, but you're not a school board. There's no schooling happening. They had another school board meeting last night, and a reporter tweeted out, the San Francisco school board tonight spent two hours talking about whether to allow a gay dad of mixed race, uh, he's a gay dad of mixed race kids, whether or not he can volunteer for one of several empty seats on a parent advisory group. Their problem was that he's white and doesn't bring diversity to the group. So they have open seats, not enough people that are on this parent's advisory group, but better to have it not full than to have a white guy, because even if he's a gay white guy who's parenting mixed-race kids, and they argued about that for two hours. They didn't appoint him, and now the parent group remains all moms, which means women must do all the work of the group. And seven hours after the meeting started, seven? Seven hours after the meeting started, they still aren't talking about how to safely reopen schools. You know, I have so much I want to say on this. You can't get crazier than that. People are fleeing some of the prettiest, most interesting geography on Earth by the tens of thousands. And now you understand why. I've got another story, Jack. You're going to go nuts when you hear this. But That I, one's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, it's... I, 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 I want to punch somebody. I can't. I can't form words. I'm so astonished by the stupidity and the lack of wisdom. I mean that that speaks for itself. Nothing more need be said. No. If you're still in San Francisco with children, I, I don't know what constitutes abuse in your mind. Because if that doesn't, then nothing will. The poll numbers about. The percentages of people who think schools ought to be open, the fact that only 6% of Democrats, was it, said that? I will, look, I will uh, reach out the hand of friendship right here. I'm not going to punch anybody, I promise you, at least not right now. The hand of friendship. There were times when Obama was president that conservatives responded poorly, in a knee-jerk way, to things that were fairly reasonable. Just opposition for opposition's sake. It's partisan politics. It happens. It's okay. But if you are so crazed... He's wearing a tan suit! What about the honor of the office? If you, for instance, if you are so crazed with hatred of Trump that when he says something that is supported by every scientist looking at it, left, right, and center, the CDC, Biden's own CDC, the European Union, the Aussies, everybody agrees it's safe to open the schools. But you're so crazed with Trump hatred, you can't admit it because that's one of the many things he said. You are seriously mentally disturbed. You are deranged. You have a terrible problem that should be treated with long sessions of therapy, pharmaceuticals, and if that doesn't work, a good backhand to your jaw. Good Lord, what is the matter with you people? Barbaric. (laughs) Play me some music, Michael. I need to calm down. Just play something. Just whatever you got. The Soviet National Anthem, folks. You recognize this? This is what your country is turning into. We were supposed to calm down, Michael. And it is a poor choice. The San Francisco schools are run by... (laughs) Turn it off. Turn it off. 
Well, it was pretty obvious to me yesterday, taking in some of the impeachment stuff, how a lot of the cable news shows and stuff like that were just so happy to have Trump to kick around again. Oh, my God, these last two weeks have been horrible. Yeah. Oh, we're kicking Trump again. Oh, this feels good. We haven't known what to say. I mean, we've <laughs> licked Joe Biden's boots till our tongues are black. We don't know what else to say. Hey, we're getting the band back together again. We're going to start kicking Trump again. Oh, they're really enjoying this one last go around of Trump's the problem with everything before it's over. So uh, much more to come on a variety of topics. The FDA has authorized another antibody treatment that sounds promising, although if I can't get it, I'm not sure I want to know about it. Tom Brady seriously being accused of racism for winning the Super Bowl. Oh, boy, I can't wait to hear that. Oh, we got the ratings are finally in on the Super Bowl, too, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to poo-poo that. I'm a poo-pooer. Good. But, (laughs) but, if you live in Calunicornia, just call you haul right now. When you hear the story I'm about to hit you with, you're going to need a truck. So if you wait till I do the story, you're not going to be able to get a truck. All right? So I'm telling you, Ryder, Penske, I don't care. I hit up your neighbor to borrow his pickup truck. You're going to want it. Stay with us. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In the first day of former President Trump's impeachment trial, the Senate debated if it is constitutional to try a former president, a debate that was very closely watched by Jimmy Carter as he fumbled with the stapler he accidentally brought home in 1981. (laughs) You're my little secret. Nope, that wasn't it. (laughs) I had it a couple weeks ago and then I lost it. Carter stole the stapler when he left the White House. <laughs> That's a funny joke. Um, there you go. The Super Bowl ratings are in. We'll have that in a second. Oh, this is uh, stunning. Just a little background for you. It's another Cal Unicornia story, but I'm telling you, if you if you live elsewhere in the country, you got to be aware of this stuff because it's coming to your shores as more and more people move out of California. Little background: the corrupt. Um, a utilities board in California, Public Utilities Commission, the PZ, uh, oversaw PG&E, the country's largest utility, uh, with kid gloves and bribes, and it was just corrupt and 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 backslapping, and and so PG&E didn't maintain their their lines, and it caused wild, wildfires. Many dozens of people were killed. And then there was a fake show of making them pay for it. But part of the response is, if it gets windy, the power gets shut off in large swaths of California. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And so, Jack, for instance, you can attest to this. What does a fella do if his power's always getting shut off? You buy a generator. You buy a generator. And if you buy a a good enough one to actually run your home, it's pretty damned expensive. Let me read. What's the the price of living in Haiti? It's just part of what comes with living in Haiti. California, America's Haiti. Here is a note from Anonymous. Like many in our community faced with continual power outages, I recently installed an emergency generator at my home to see us through these events. To my surprise, I received a questionnaire from the county assessor asking for detailed information on the generator and the installation. I called the assessor and was informed that the generator was subject to a new property tax assessment. Hey I was told my property tax would increase by $150 to $200 a year. 
Incredulous, I contacted my county supervisor, who quickly con- uh, contacted the assessor, got back to me with the news that the tax was imposed by the state, not the county. The state determined that permanently installed backup generators were taxable new construction by their definition and subject to a property tax assessment. Hilarious. That's just something. Did you call U-Haul when I told you to? So the misrun state can't have electricity unlike the other states and all of the rest of the first world. Forcing you you to buy a generator. Forcing you to buy a generator, and then they charge you for getting a generator. They tax you for it. (laughs) Keep voting for the same party. Oh, boy. That is something. The the, the vast majority of the Washington voters have no idea of any of this. No. They don't care. They don't know. Well, the people paying the taxes do. The people not paying the taxes aren't paying attention to this. Which is why... The brilliant calculation by the Democrats in California was to narrow the tax base as much as possible so that the real taxpayers never had enough votes to kick them out of office. Um, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl underwhelmed, says this headline. The Brady-Mahomes matchup only pulled in 96.4 million viewers. It was the lowest-watched Super Bowl in 14 years, since 2007. I personally know... Two people for sure who streamed it, and one I think did. I did. There you go. Sunday's Um, numbers include not only at-home viewers, but also OOH, out of home. People watching at bars and restaurants. Doesn't include people streaming. Yeah, it's a meaningless number. It is. It's amazing that um, I never see a story where they mention that, though, about ratings now. They've got to be aware. That's not as good clickbait. But aren't the hipsters in the newsroom, they're all streaming, right? You would think. So you'd think the hipsters in the newsroom would say, yeah, well, the ratings are low because I stream everything. I, I don't have cable or dish. I haven't for I years. I watched it on a large screen in my home. It just happened to be through a stream. I could so, have watched it on YouTube TV. I just didn't because uh, the DVR fast forward thing works better. But I certainly could have streamed it through YouTube TV and it wouldn't have counted. Yeah, I don't uh, think. You know, it's affected the radio business, too. Point oh, of yeah. interest, perhaps. I oh, mean, yeah. we have uh, folks listening live. We have people streaming. We have people listening to the podcasts. And it's just, you know, it divides the audience. But, um, you know, the raw number of people is uh, is growing. Well, and what are you going to do about it? Um, Nothing. Uh, so, uh, Keep showing up for work. Tom Brady winning was racism? What was oh, that? Oh, absolutely, Jack. It's, uh, here's, here's your uh, Tom Brady, quarterback for the Buccaneers. Uh, instead of congratulations, some are accusing the greatest quarterback of all time for, of racism for winning during Black History Month. Even Veep Kamala Harris's niece took a swipe at Brady. Uh, this uh, this can't be serious. What's it's Patrick just, Mahomes? He's uh, His mother is white. His father is a black man. Okay. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes half black, right? Tom Brady doing this to him on Black History Month? It's got to be racist some way. It has to be, man. Just various idiots on Twitter, one of whom happens to be Kamala Harris's niece. All right. Um, just That's, uh, It sounds like a joke to me. Yeah, to me too. I think they're just uh, yeah, around. I, yeah, I agreed. Uh, back to racism. As promised, Quaker Oats is changing the name of its Aunt Jen- Jemima syrup. Starting in June, takes a while to get this done. You can't just change the label <laughs> on a syrup thing overnight. Starting in June, the name and logo featuring a smiling black woman, long criticized as racially insensitive, I have no idea why, will no longer appear on the products. Instead, they will be sold under the name of Pearl Milling Company. That's the name of the company that originally created ready-made self-rising pancake mix back in the 1800s. All right, then. 
So this woman that was Aunt Jemima, the, her family was uh, very proud of the fact, and that whole town where that's from, some little town somewhere, mm-hmm. was really proud of her, and they had like an Aunt Jemima day and all kinds of different stuff. Right. But they don't get that anymore because it was racist having her on there for some reason. I you don't can't know why. have a kindly, happy, older black woman on a product. That's insulting. I always, or something. I always took it to be like that's an old woman who made good pancakes. I never really thought about it in any other way, but it doesn't matter. Well, you know. It's gone now. Here's the problem, though. If there were a lot of uh, black folks, my fellow Americans, my brothers, my sisters, who were offended by it, well, then if it's offensive, okay. Sure. We can get rid of it. But it's not. <laughs> And the number of people who are actually offended by it could probably fit in this room and still be COVID safe. Was this another <laughs> one where uh, uh, white college girls <laughs> with advanced degrees were driving the uh, the outrage? Almost certainly. To the extent or, that existed. Or your professional activist group, yeah. which, remember, their goal is to take power by any means necessary. So since last... And if they can, if they can force a big corporation to do that because they're afraid then they gain more power. Since last year, Aunt Jemima's has become Pearl Milling Company. Uncle Ben's Rice has become Ben's Original. I don't know why it couldn't be Uncle Ben. Eskimo Pie became Eddie's Pie. Mrs. Butterworth's change is going to be something. She does, Her race is syrup-colored. Mrs. Butter... I don't... Is she black? Well, just... Well, you're, what, you're whatever color the syrup is. And Cream of Wheat did away with its logo. Oh, yeah, and the butter. Uh... The Lando Lakes? Lando Lakes Indian butter. Well, about, what about the honey bear? Is that a problem? Or is it okay because he's a bear? <laughs> I mean, it, 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 Aunt Jemima's, the, I'm sorry, Mrs. Buttersworth's the same as the damn honey bear. She's the know. color of the syrup. I don't know. You yeah. ever have real maple syrup? Oh, heck oh, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Really yeah. good. Very sweet. Whenever Ooh, I delicious. put the, the honey bear squeeze. Armstrong and Getty.